flying cargo planes full of rubber dog shit out of Hong Kong. I'm Tucker. Butts. I want butts. I'm Sam, and this is Hard on America, I mean Top Gun, on Stinker Madness. What's that smell? <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'm thirsty as fuck. Thirsty, thirsty, thirsty as fuck. Hey, look at me! Yuki! Thrill me. If you come back in here, I'm gonna hit you with so many rights, you're gonna beg for a left. Thrill me. Beg for a left. Thrill me. Hey, look at me! No! Hello and welcome to Stinker Madness, the bad movie podcast for bad movie lovers. I am Sam and with me is Tucker. How are you, Tucker? I'm doing all right, Sam. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Um, I'm going to lead with... I've been drinking mimosas since 10.30. Well, you're doing pretty good then. Is it because it's uh, Oscar Day? (laughs) (laughs) Is it Oscar Day? It's the Oscars tonight. Oh man, this when is we're recording a really special this. night yeah. for the yeah. household. Sandra's upstairs taking a nap right now. She watched Top Gun with me, and we drank mimosas. We had a uh, we let the listeners in on our lives a little bit here and there. And so, uh, yesterday was my mother's birthday, and it was also the first time that Sandra met my daughter. And so it was like a whole stressful thing. And so today I uh, got up early, made fish sandwiches with crab salad on top and curly fries because it's like Sandra's favorite thing ever. And we had mimosas and sort of a bit of a celebration. And I also used it as a double excuse to get drunk because I've never let Tom Cruise into my house ever, (laughs) as long as it's been my house or my apartment or wherever I was living. Oh, yeah? If it was mine. Like, if I had roommates, you can't do anything about that. They're going to let Tom Cruise in. Right. You don't like Tom Cruise? Not really. As an actor. Because I I get not liking Tom Cruise. (laughs) I don't get him. I just don't get why people like Tom Cruise and he's really full of himself and like Mm -hmm. the mummy deal where Hollywood's like, oh, superhero movies are huge. And he's like, okay, well, we got the rights to the mummy. I'm going to co-opt this to make the greatest superhero of all time, Tom Cruise, because at the end of that movie, that's what it says. (laughs) It's like. His powers are indescribable, and he could be able to do anything. And you're thinking, like, I'm glad this tanked, because if it worked, then oh, it's just Tom Cruise filming himself and then using every special effect for every superpower. He's a little self-serving for me. It's true. I understand that. I just think he's, like, there's something about him on screen that's very uh, watchable. He's, uh, and and... And every now and then, he's really good in something. Every now and then, he's really good in something. Magnolia, Color of Money. Yeah. Um, Born on the Fourth of July. I actually like Risky Business. Yeah. And he's good in those parts, too, because he's that that kind of guy. But uh, And I think he's good in most of the parts he takes. It's just, I think it's weird that, uh, you know, I don't know. I guess things are successful whether I like them or not. But, um, yeah. you know... Uh, because it seems like he has the Mission Impos- Impossible thing going, which I enjoy, um, especially after you know once it brought on like how it's going now, like the last four or so, I've been I've I've had a good time with him. 
But then he makes like the Jack Reacher movies or these other things that don't seem to, uh, to me, didn't seem to go anywhere. And I'm yet still he's like the most powerful person in the world. Yeah, he sued a guy for $10 million because the guy said he was gay and he won that lawsuit and the guy didn't have $10 million. Huh. Did you hear you? You're, this is not on your radar. I think I remember hearing about that at some point. Yeah, yeah that's there was a, a douchey gay thing to do. Porn actor, I guess, or he's a straight guy who is in gay porn or something like that. But he said that Tom Cruise paid him to wrestle him, and whoever won got to be on top or something like that. And then Tom Cruise sued him for ten million dollars and won the lawsuit. That's anti-defamation. Def- it's crazy. Yeah, well, you know, uh, I mean, I'm not going to defend his personal decisions, obviously. I think he's involved in something pretty horrible, to be honest. But um, I've never... The Church of I'm, Tax Evasion? What's that? L. Ron Hubbard's Church, Church of yes. Tax Evasion. Turks, yes, the Church of Tax Evasion and Human Abuse. Scientology. Well, you can't evade those taxes without beating, beating a few people down. That's true. That's true. You can't really... In, in, and once you really start to embrace tax evasion, you realize that slave labor is another way to keep more money. Mm. That's what's yeah. important. That's what's important. Keeping as much money to get as back possible. To, Mission, to get back to Mission Impossible, I have... Mm. I really like the show a lot. Mm. Okay. And I don't like the movie series because the show involves missions that are impossible. <laughs> and... <laughs> There's only, I think, there's six of these now, right? Uh, six Mission Impossible, Something like six or seven, yeah. The only one that I can think of off the top of my head that actually involves an impossible mission and them performing it as a team of impossible mission doers is the second one that John Woo directed. The other ones are like, the Mission Impossible has fallen apart. You're on your own. Every yeah. time, like, okay, this is... Why do we even have this still if all it does is get compromised constantly? Like, when do right. I get to watch a movie about them doing impossible missions, not just picking up the goddamn pieces? <laughs> yeah, and I was never I was never into the show. So to me, it's just the Tom Cruise running and doing stunts show. And so I'm good. You can call yeah. it whatever you want. <laughs> Doesn't even exactly. have to be Mission Impossible. You know. Tom, uh, Tom Cruise on screen fighting Henry Cavill. Oh, really? Really? You beat up Henry Cavill? Okay. Good yeah, times. I buy it. I buy it. Yeah. <laughs> I buy it because I want to buy it. <laughs> this is the length that I went to to keep Tom Cruise out of my house for so long. Uh-huh. And that it was like, I'm a man of principle. And so that's why I'm drinking mimosas. Because like, it's like that day where you're like, I'm going to have to make a, a huge life compromise. Right. When I lived in my apartment by myself uh, before my life was changed wonderfully by Sandra... Uh, it was, you know, fairly depressing, pretty dirty. It was like a real man thing. Uh, my next door neighbor, Adam, one time I just texted him and I was like, what are you doing? Cause I knew his wife was at work and he was probably just there by himself. It's like nothing. I was like, can I come over and watch mission impossible too? <laughs> and he's like, what? And we're next door and we're in, in apartments. And so he just, yeah. he doesn't even text back. He just like gets out of his back door, walks to my back door and yells, what? <laughs> and then I open the door and I'm like. Tom Cruise isn't allowed in my house, but I need to watch this for research for the podcast. And he just goes, all right. <laughs> and then we went over and watched Mission Impossible 2, which I think I love. 
because it's yeah. so ridiculous. It I is. I think I love it's Mission crazy. Impossible 2 because it's so ridiculous. I mean, it is the it's the standout silliest of the of the bunch. The fighting where he does like the five air kicks while shooting mm-hmm. on top of like a monolith or like a, a like monument in Monument Valley, you're just like, oh yeah, what? This is ridiculous. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, there's that part where he's like dancing with what's her name in a car. They're in two different cars, like sliding around together. It's really a strange. John Wooey. John Woo's American movies are just weird, <laughs> weird movies. I listened to a uh, him in an interview talking about the you know gun gun fu and all that, and he was like, yeah. "I was so disgusted with filmmaking that I quit." And they talked mm-hmm. me into it, and I needed the money, and I hated what these people wanted, so I made what I thought would be the stupidest piece of shit ever. And then I had to do it for 20 more years. Oh, my God. And then I was like, I love you, John Woo. I lo- I respect you so much now. Yeah, kudos. It's like, this is the shit you want. Eat it. Yeah. And mm, apparently, more, face off. Yeah. yeah. More, please. Yeah. Which brings us to Top Gun. Oh, boy. <laughs> Top Gun. <laughs> Top Gun. Directed by Tony Scott. The Michael Tony Bay Scott. before there was Michael Bay. Yeah. Well, yeah. What's your <laughs> what's your favorite Tony Scott movie? True Romance. What's what do you think the best Tony Scott movie is? True Romance. <laughs> okay. Let's take True Romance out of the equation completely. What's his best movie besides True Romance? The Hunger? Oh yeah, The Hunger. Okay. After that, this is probably his best this movie. This is it. This is his best this movie. This is it, yeah. This, this is, is his third th- best movie. <laughs> and this thing made $356 million against 15. Uh, yeah. Oh, this was a and monster it made, hit. It, it's bigger than that. This is the movie that made home video a thing. Right. You could buy this, this is movie. The, you could buy it directly. Before, they sold them 100 bucks for a VHS tape to the video store, and you could rent them. Yep. This one was, you can buy bucks. it at the store for twenty four ninety nine. I think it's still the same. Yeah. It set the price like for that. the shit that you see today. So there's really no way, I'm sure somebody has the numbers on it, but if you really look at like how much money this was made altogether, oh. it's zillions. Everybody had it. Yes, it was everywhere. It was everywhere. Was video games. <laughs> did you ever play the Top Gun Nintendo game? I did, weirdly enough. I'm not a video game person, but I did play that when it was... My sister had just recently got the Nintendo, and we would, go to the, we would go to the grocery store and rent new games and try them out. And I, of course, wanted to rent all the movie games, because that was my way in to the video <laughs> games, because I didn't care. Yeah. And uh, they all sucked. And I remember Top Gun being impossible for me to do anything on. I believe I made it to the second level one time. It was <laughs> oh, good. really hard. Me. Yeah, it was impossible for me to do anything. Apparently, Top Gun 2, the video game, actually is the sequel to the storyline of this movie. I've never played it. Huh. Yeah. We really need to follow up 
with these guys? I guess we're about to. I mean, there's a big sequel coming out, right? Yeah, there is a big sequel coming out. And they've even, like, they really flushing all of it out. Like, the general's daughter thing that gets mentioned. Jennifer Connelly's oh. playing her. So she's oh. in the movie. I don't know if they're bringing back Kelly McGillis. Are we bringing back Goose's ghost or anything? That would be cool. Because I must I mean, say, Goose makes Maverick tolerable. <laughs> Anthony Edwards really made this viewable for me. Right? Well, the photography, too. And I kind of sure. get back on Tony Scott and where I like Tony Scott. His movies are really, by and large, not great. The yeah. photography is always amazing. He's got a really good aesthetic. He made commercials before this. Yeah. I feel like he really, like, it's his aesthetic that people like Michael Bay have aped and people in that jerry Bruckheimer circle uh, yeah that's the- <laughs> don simpson and Bruckheimer make this they make beverly hills cop afterwards they get big uh days of thunder tony scott comes back for tony scott is the sort of father of the visual style that those guys are going for. yeah and they bring those other guys in and you know michael bay was a commercial guy too oh yeah um they bring these guys in and they're like, you got to do it like Tony. And I watched a domino not very long ago. Whew. Tony Scott loves shots so much that he doesn't really care if they look good next to each other. Right. Like process wise, like he will go from one film stock to another, one look to another, one light source to another, because this shot looks good. This shot looks good. I don't care if they look different next to each other. And I've always found it a little, uh, it's, it's kind of gyrating to me. I'm like, ah, why? what is it? And I think I finally am watching this one on a really good TV. And I'm going, that's what it is about Tony Scott that I didn't like. But now I kind of like it because he just doesn't fucking care. He just likes these shots. And <laughs> he I, just I, likes I, taking I, film. He likes shooting film. He doesn't yeah, care what it's just, about. What, what it <laughs> doesn't matter. Yeah, he's like, this is what this is a great picture. This is a great picture. Right. This is a great picture. This is a great picture. I'm not going to get final cut on this if I want it. I don't know if I even want it. I want these pictures to be awesome. Go ahead and make your movie, uh, Don and Jerry. Right. And that's what yeah. happens. And it makes all the cash every time. Yeah, it's crazy. Like all of it. I have a real love-hate uh, relationship with that look of movie because- so many of the movies I kind of don't like look like these movies. And yet so, I remember liking these movies specifically. So I kind of, I like the way they look, but at the same time, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> it's Ridley Scott is, you know, everyone points to him as being an auteur and what a great visionary. And he has, He's all right. In all of his greatness, <laughs> half the influence of his brother because of how many people are copying his brother. Yeah. It's for sure. It's crazy. But Ridley's, I guess Ridley's visual style is harder to pin down. This is pretty specific and became like kind of a go-to way to make this stuff look, I guess. Yeah. Um, whereas Ridley Scott's kind of all over the place. Yeah, Ridley Scott is all over the place, and he likes his shots to breathe. Yeah. And he, he, I would just sort of guess, 
is a big fan of Stanley Kubrick. I would imagine so. Yeah. Beyond being all the cash and probably one of the most money-making movies of all time, this thing might have won Desert Storm. Hmm. I mean, after it was this a happens, huge recruitment a recruitment video. Navy's didn't have to like turn people down before this movie. All of a sudden, after Top Gun, the line at the recruiting office is around the street, and you must be at least at least a you know this tall to ride the ride, sort of a thing. Yeah, God, people are are dumb. Also, (laughs) I guess in the actual, it's not really called Top Gun. It's called it's that's the nickname of it in San Diego. They have the advanced training uh, program. I forgot. I was going to write down what it was called, and I forgot. Yeah, I I did too. It's not that important. I thought you would actually. It's super important. I'm going to get into jet stuff in a little bit that's okay. <laughs> I felt like it was more important. Um, if you mention the movie, you like get demerit points. <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of like in at NASA, they make you watch Armageddon and you're supposed to list the blatant uh, falsehoods. And that's like the test is how many things wrong with it you can find that are like against science. (laughs) There's a little bit of that happening with Top Gun. Like Bruckheimer is really something else, isn't he? Oh, yeah. Those are both his movies. And it's like absolute falsehoods. Yeah. Please don't. I think his is I think I think their movies uh, logics mostly based on cocaine, right? Um, I am, I'm going to have to guess that Jerry Bruckheimer is a big fan of the cocaine because Don Simpson died on a, died on the toilet with two hookers there. You can't find this on Wikipedia. I read Mm. a Playboy article some years ago, probably 15 that detailed, it was a very detailed account of the sort of last days of Don Simpson's life. And he had apparently had a cinder block sized uh, block of pharmaceuticals and cocaine lodged in his colon and he was trying to poop and his heart burst. Holy shit. Holy shit. Almost literally, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Good Lord. Literarily. Uh, what, a, that's, what a way to yeah, go. He, they, he died of a heart attack, quote unquote, but he was on the toilet. So him and Elvis got gets that distinction. Right. Went just like Elvis. Uh, just like him. Uh, <laughs> I don't think Elvis was surrounded by ladies. And hookers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they pulled 2,200 pills out of his bathroom when after when the police came to find him. Yeah, that sounds like the guy that made this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like by the late 90s, I was kind of, uh, you know, I go through periods like everybody, but, you know, I was a teenager in the 90s and I kind of got real away from the Bruckheimer. Like just I saw his name and was just like, oh, God, here we go. I just was not into it. And uh, yeah, I've since come to appreciate them as the, uh, you know, stinker madness classics they may or may not be. But um, yeah, I, absolutely. I was allergic to them for a while, basically. Yeah. 
I've still never I seen saw a the- Bad Boys movie. <laughs> oh, those are something else, man. Yeah, those <laughs> are something else. Because that's like full-on Bay and Bruckheimer and right. cocaine all at once, and it's wow. Yeah, it seems like it would make my, my head explode. It may. <clears throat> yeah. The shots. The shots. Oh. There's just some really great shots in all of them. Like yeah. millions, because he they're only two seconds long, and none of it yeah. makes any sense. Because they were made to be AT&T ads, not feature films. <laughs> yeah. And in his own words, Michael Bay says, I make films for 13-year-old boys. Is it a fucking crime? Uh, uh, you're like, you're yet. thinking about it like it could be a crime. Against humanity, perhaps? <laughs> against art, perhaps? <laughs> against art. Against 13-year-old perhaps. boys? Uh they deserve better. They should know things that aren't that. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Absolutely. They need better teaching. <laughs> guidance. That's when they need the most guidance yeah. and you're you're is not your th- doing it. Is your 13-year-old into Michael Bay movies? Call us for help. The phone would ring off the hook. Every 13-year-old boy loves Michael Bay movies. <laughs> you may be raising a douchebag. Let's find out. (laughs) Uh, Is your child in danger of becoming all stoved up on cocaine on the crapper? (laughs) How many times have they watched Pain and Gain? (laughs) Which apparently, by and large, by by most accounts, Uh, is the closest thing to a good movie that he's ever made. I I have feelings about that movie. I feel like it may be like his accidental ma- uh, masterpiece in a weird way. It's like yeah. maybe he was the only person that could make a movie that was that. It was, I don't know. I don't It's It's bizarre. honest. It's kind of a it's, work of art. It's yeah. It's like honesty from a douchebag. Yeah. It's like, this is, if anyone wanted to know, like, what, what do I think of Michael Bay? I'd be like, watch this movie and tell me what you think of Michael Bay. If this is the only thing you've seen of his, I want to know. Like, what is your impression of this filmmaker? Because I think it's pretty dead on. Like, it might be the most like accurate representation of what I think he is, which could be completely off. I'm just a, I'm just an idiot watching his stupid movies and complaining. <laughs> There's not a lot I could really like say about Tom uh, the history of Top Gun that hasn't already like. Everybody sort of knows the story of this one. Um, you know, they dug ditches for Kelly McGillis because she was that much taller. And hmm. uh, this is really where Tom Cruise becomes Tom Cruise. Like yeah. before this, it's not quite there yet. Now he's a superstar. Superstar. Immediately. To bring last week's episode in where we have the F-16 in the Iron Eagle movie, not an F-15 Eagle. But why is the F-15 Eagle not in either of one of these movies? Because the Navy is still trying to keep a lid on that one. Hmm. The Tomcat was still the superiority fighter in a respect at this time. But the the Tomcat's at its end of its life, so the Navy's not worried about people spilling the beans on it. Yeah, that was developed uh, to replace the F four from Vietnam. It was it had been in service for a long time. The reason that the F fifteen was developed was because of the MiG twenty five, which 
could go Mach 3, and we still haven't built anything that's a fighter that goes that fast. They haven't done it again either, because apparently you could actually fly the wings off the damn thing. Wow. If you if you held it over Mach 3 for a certain amount of point, the wings would rip off and the engines would blow. That would be a predicament. And yeah, would be a predicament. And the uh, the U.S. answer was to build the F-15 Eagle, which was a lot like a Tomcat. It could har- carry a giant missile that could shoot about 300 miles. And that was how you could shoot down a MiG-25, was to catch it by surprise by tracking it and hit it with a missile because you weren't, you weren't going to catch it. It was too fucking fast. And the only thing we had faster was the... the uh, the the blackbird but that wasn't mm. a fighter that was a spy plane and it was basically like a little mini spaceship sort of a thing it was faster than missiles so you couldn't yeah. shoot them down and well i wasn't a jet why, boy like you but i remember thinking these these jets look pretty cool they do and you get like when you're a kid you're like oh yeah we took down those migs in this movie the migs are like not real we don't we don't there's not real migs in american movies they didn't be like okay we'll stop the cold war so that you guys can have our <laughs> right. jets for the movie right these are trainer jets these are like the really bottom barrel jets that they have in migs in this one because mm. they went to the airbase in uh or the naval airbase in san diego and they got what they could get and right. the Navy actually charged him one point million, one point eight million dollars, oh. to uh, shoot on the base. And they only let them get a shot of a missile firing live twice. Wow! And they took it from so many angles uh, that uh, used it over and over. They used it over and over and over. It's the same shot. Oh, that's great. Or it's the same missile firing. Yeah, because they were like, no, we can't really release our weapon systems, even though this is a plane that's about to be. Out of service. I believe it's still in service, but it was supposed to have been put out of service right after they made this. They just had to keep using it. Sort of like the A-10. They're like, oh, we're going to replace this with this thing, and it didn't. Like, yeah, we got to keep using these A-10s. They're badass. Hmm. Uh, Yeah. So on that note, let's get into this thing. All right. Oh, man. Starts with that cool mood. You got that underscore, that Harold Faltermeyer score coming in under the mm-hmm. under the Paramount logo. Even it's already starting, and then you, yeah. you get all those shots. Just this lovingly shot, cool ass aircraft carrier stuff. Before that, we get the title, uh, a little flashcard of oh, right. some info. There's an infographic up front, and they chose the font. Vagabond Bold. Oh. The only worst choice they could have made, because rounded fonts are stupid, the only worst choice they could have made is if they would have gone with Comic Sans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Comic Sans would have been worse than the choice they made here. This is what happens when you're a graphic designer. You see shit like that, and you're right. like, oh, come on. Vagabond? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Why not just use Bernard Fashion, you charlatans? <laughs> Eight people got that joke. Uh, that's good. It's good to have some font humor. <laughs> <laughs> but eventually, the the plane takes off from the aircraft carrier and it kicks into danger zone for one of many, many times we get to hear Kenny Loggins' danger zone. 
This movie only, I feel like, has about 10 or 15 minutes of it that aren't a music video about jets. Yeah. Or I'm just pretty sure. It's a really good music video. It seems like it's just a feature-length commercial for the soundtrack. Which I think is, the soundtrack's far superior to the movie. Is it, though? I mean, they probably sold as many. I think so fucking copies of i mean <laughs> this is probably the soundtrack that makes soundtracks the fucking thing they were for so long like yeah top gun is the cash cow of all time yeah yeah it was a big big deal i mean and you had the uh take my breath away one won the best original song oscar that year yeah it's berlin the, yeah i think it's the only oscar it won it was nominated for a couple sound editing or something you know I feel like it probably could have uh, thrown some punches in the cinematography category. It's it's very good looking, but it does, as I said, they don't sort of it's a patchwork quilt because he's just like this shot's cool. This shot's cool. This shot's cool. I don't know if they're going to fit together and I don't care. Right. Just keep it looking cool. It's got to look cool. The most notable thing that happens in the film for me next is I'm like, awesome, James Tolkien. Who? He's going to yell at people. Oh. James Tolkien. Uh, yeah. Uh, Principal Strickland. Yes. Yeah. yeah Principal yeah. Strickland. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We get oh, your butts are going to be on a line. They, they really push a, like a, uh, a buddy cop movie vibe with Maverick and Goose being the, the detectives getting called into Captain Strickland's office to get balled out. I thought it. Uh, yeah. When I'm making, you know, student films in college and that, and you're like going for maximum artistry and all that sort of, <laughs> if, if you can, you look back on it and you're like, wow, I was a douchebag too. And now <laughs> I realize that if I would have made it, no matter what the tone or subject of the film was, James Tolkien would show up and yell at people halfway through. <laughs> I mean, if you were successful, yes, absolutely. That <laughs> would be the mark. <laughs> uh, but Maverick and Goose are flying up. They're on the Indian Ocean, uh, and they're up there with Cougar and Merlin. And yep. uh, Cougar, I didn't realize, was uh, John Stockwell. I haven't seen this movie for so long. Uh, everybody, he's like everybody this, in this movie makes it. Yeah, <laughs> even John Adrian Stockwell Pastar. was like second lead in Christine. Uh, uh-huh which I love. And then I never knew that Merlin was Tim Robbins. Yes. I didn't, I never knew that. Towards the end I of the movie, I didn't there's know, a voiceover. This was like the year before Bull Durham, which was where he really entered my consciousness. So. Yeah. And I had for barely see him except his eyes in this. Cause he's wearing his helmet and his mask. Most of the time. I didn't see Bull Durham until after I'd already seen Hudsucker proxy. So that was the one I mm. think that, hit for me but yeah you're like oh tim robbins later in the movie he has a vo where he's supposed to be like super serious which probably worked well the first time i saw the movie where he's like you gotta get it back on the rails maverick get back in there all this stuff yeah and you're like but that's tim robbins saying funny things (laughs) yeah whoa tim robbins (laughs) yeah before i didn't even know it's just like ah it's merlin Anyway, that was the first revelation for me this time. <laughs> Tim Robbins, John Stockwell. Oh, and I was like, this footage is way better than Iron Eagle. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> the fight footage. It's a very good job that we did doing Iron Eagle first. Because <laughs> yeah. we were talking about how good it looked. And then we watched this. You're like, Iron Eagle is a bucket of shit. <laughs> yep. Although I will say, more intriguing story. <laughs> more intriguing. <laughs> I was more invested the- in the story of that movie than I was in this one. Because I was like, I don't know why I'm supposed to give a shit about this guy. This maverick What's- fella. I'll burn a question now. What's the story of this movie? I don't. America a, has a hard on for a war. Yeah, and um, our young men that have daddy issues are gonna be super pilots and save us all. Apparently, I watched. But I don't the, know. He's doc- reckless. Iceman's like you're reckless. That's why I don't like you. I'm like Iceman is correct. You are correct, sir. <laughs> Although Iceman's hair is a little wild. It is, but he keeps it on his hair, not in his flying. Looks out for his wingman, you know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Not fucking around like Maverick. Yeah, I don't know. Maverick's hair is a little bit more in the regs, right? Mm -hmm. Because his crazy's in his brain. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but they're up there and they encounter a MiG, right? And yes. they're following the MIGs on Cougar's tail for some reason. And so Maverick's like, I got to get him off of here. They're about to land. And, or no, this is after that. And he goes up there and they do the big, uh, uh, cause, cause the MIGs not engaging, but he's following him. It's weird. And so Maverick does an inverted dive over him so that they're like, can see each other through their cockpits and he flips him the bird. And the Top Gun anthem kicks in. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking sweet. And Goose takes a Polaroid. And the MiG's like, huh? And he gets out of there. And then everyone in the Navy's like, whoever designed this shouldn't have called it a a cockpit. Because now Don Simpson and Jerry Bruckheimer have really taken that to heart. And all of these guys in this movie are cocks. (laughs) <laughs> just they're just cocks <laughs> sure are there's a lot of bird flipping in this movie oh there is yeah it might be a you know might be one of the higher bird counts that i can remember <laughs> <laughs> it's only three i think but still seems like a lot there's not that much there's, well, that's a pretty high bird count because not usually a lot of flipping off in movies no you usually get like one <laughs> If you get one at all. Uh, But Cougar freaks out. The whole thing shakes him up and he washes out. And that's when Strickland's all like, I got to send you two idiots to Top Gun. (laughs) This really puts my ass in a sling, you nutsacks. I got to send you to the top. Uh, They're going to Miramar, California to compete with the best. The best. I think secretly I wish to be as pissed off as James Tolkien is all the time. Like, I think I'd be happier if I was that mad. And that just doesn't make any sense. Right. It seems like you'd be miserable, son of a bitch. I don't know. It does feel, it looks like it's gratifying to talk to people like that. 
Because he tells him if he messes up, he's going to be find himself flying a cargo ship full of rubber dog shit out of Hong Kong. Yeah. Your ego's writing checks your body can't cash. Yeah, that's the kind of shit you got to say to people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, and then there's like the... um. Like, as soon as he tells them they're going to Top Gun and it starts dawning on Goose and Maverick, they're standing there in his office and they kind of get these smiles on their faces. And then the danger zone starts underscoring again. Yeah. Oh, man. Danger zone. he's on the bike. All over it. He's got the Kawasaki lit up. Yeah. He's on his crotch rocket. I'm going to, because I say nothing but bad things about Tom Cruise most of the time, I'm going to give him a little bit of a bump up here. We're always watching movies where we see people on motorcycles and they're deathly afraid. He went <laughs> he went and learned how to ride a motorcycle so he could actually ride 30 or 40 in the shots versus like 10. Yeah. And that's you know that's something he does, you know? That's why it's it's kind of fun to watch him in those Mission Impossible movies cuz he does a lot of the stuff. I killed He does a lot of the stuff. Yeah, and that's kind of fun to watch. If this might have been one of the reasons why he does a lot of this stuff is he did that uh, apparently when they because they're on the base and they're on the ship for a while for filming mm-hmm. and most of the actors got to go up in the jets. Everybody but Anthony Edwards barfed. Oh. So maybe this was like a moment where Tom Cruise is like, holy shit. I need to get better at stuff. Yeah. I just barfed. I just <laughs> barfed barf. in the in the jet. I can't barf. I'm Tom fucking Cruise. Yeah. What will people he like say? gets down there and he's like, Oh my god, I barfed. And everybody's like, Yeah, we all barfed too. We I'm all barfed. And then Anthony Edwards is like, What? I didn't barf. I'm gonna go fine. be in Revenge of the Nerds. I was eating pork rinds. Gives a shit. <laughs> Tom Cruise is like, one day I'm gonna make a movie in space. And you guys are all going to feel bad. It's going to happen, probably. I, he just signed to do it. I don't know if, how what? they're going to do that. They're actually getting like some weeks t- or some time to shoot on the space station or something. He's going to do it. That's what they're saying. I'll have to look uh, into that and get back to you. I'll tell you what the movie is. I forgot. All right. Uh, then we get into class with Michael Ironside. Because who doesn't want to have Michael Ironside class? Uh, apparently, during the filming of the movie, Michael Ironside had taken it so seriously that he stayed on the ship dressed as an officer and was trying to <laughs> fool people that he was, and he would get salutes. And he told the story himself, not like somebody else telling the story about Michael Ironside, which makes Michael Ironside a little full of himself. like, I am such an actor that I fooled those Navy boys, yes. He did the same thing when he was working on the next Karate Kid. He like stayed at that prep school and abused the kids. <laughs> uh, but we see like everybody's someone, but Val Kilmer obviously is Iceman. And this is where like they're all in this class. And this is the first time we get the um, they're talking about, you know, jet shit. And, and maybe you can relate to this. One of them says to the other one, he says, this gives me a hard on. And the other guy says, don't tease me. I guess we have to go there now. There's been a lot of talk about this film being extremely homoerotic. I mean, that's mostly what it is, right? 
I didn't notice it so much this time around. I was expecting it to stick out like a sore thumb, but maybe when I watched it the last time 20 years ago, I was like, man, this movie's, if you like the men's, this is the one for you. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. But uh, this time around, I was like just writing down, these dickheads would never make it in any military force. They're assholes. (laughs) That's true. I don't care their orientation. They're fucking assholes. They're assholes, uh-huh. and that's true. These are the these are the the honey boys that break on the second day of boot boot camp, right? Yeah, you would think, but no. These are the top top pilots. The, the Navy has pilots. to offer. When I watch oh, the shows, the documentaries about the jets, you see the top pilots. They're definitely cross the T dot the I's guys. They are not guys like yeah. this, and that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. As as demonstrated in this movie, um, oh, and then you, and we meet Slider, who's uh, Val Kilmer or Iceman's uh, co-pilot, whatever, uh, played by Nick Rosovich, who was in like Roxanne and Terminator and Navy Seals. Everybody's in Roxanne, apparently. Oh yeah, who else is in Roxanne aside from the? Oh wait, no, you didn't. You did. You mentioned Rhinestone last week. No, oh, Rhinestone. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. he's not in Rhinestone. He's in a lot of stuff. Everybody in this makes it, right? They're they're all in a lot of stuff. Meg Ryan. I feel like it's an early Meg Ryan sighting. Yeah. And yeah, this is kind of when she took off, it feels like to me. It was right around here that she started. She did those uh, movies with Dennis Quaid and Inner Space. And then when Harry met Sally and all that, she was off. off and then gone. she was on her way in the... America's sweetheart. I don't know if there's anybody yeah. that's been America's sweetheart more than Meg Ryan for a longer duration of time. I mean, right. She was, she was it for a while, like sleepless in Seattle, the Tom Cruise movie or the Tom Hanks movies. It's just like, yeah. she had it, whatever it is. Oh, I think this was the same year she was in a uh, armed and dangerous. Remember that one? Yes. Yeah. That was a good one. <laughs> Was it? <laughs> Question mark. It's directed by Commando's Mark Lester, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Island of Dr. Moreau. Didn't he get kicked off of that one? Oh, did he? I think he got kicked off of it, and then he like worked his way back onto the set as an extra somehow. Oh, it no, was, that was a weird uh, story. That's Richard that's Stanley. That's not Lester? Richard, uh, Stanley. Richard Stanley. Okay, I got yeah, this confused. Yeah, yeah. Whoops. No, but, um, yeah, Armed and Dangerous is pretty... It's a pretty good one. If you guys haven't done that one yet, keep that in mind someday. <laughs> well, I mean, you have you have the opportunity to make picks now, sir. Oh, that's true. I'll see if it's streaming yeah. somewhere. <laughs> Be as diabolic as you wish. <laughs> uh, and we meet Tom Skerritt. Yeah, this is just packed with people. And Tom Skerritt's like a guy that uh, flew with Maverick's dad. And now he runs... The Top Gun program, I guess, or he's at the t- near the top of it. I don't understand the rankings, but yeah, yeah. And then there's the the bar scene. They go to the bar. Yeah, filled with classic scenes. <laughs> this is the weird one where Goose and Maverick make a bet, twenty dollar bet, that Maverick has sex on the premises with a woman this time. Uh, hmm. And he gets $20. And they focus in on Kelly McGillis. And uh, they go over and 
they have a routine they do and Tom Cruise sings You've Lost That Love and Feeling with a microphone. Yeah. The whole bar sings it with him. It's a weird approach. This is the only time that this has happened where the guy doesn't get a drink dumped on him and kicked in the balls, I think. I would think so. I would think. And then that fucking look on his face after he's so pleased with himself afterwards. I hate Maverick. But she rejects him, and then he follows her to the bathroom and proposes they fuck on the counter. And <laughs> she <laughs> And then She's like quite officially says, let's not and say we did. Yeah. And then she goes out and says she did to as she passes Goose. That's She's just snaked keep, him know, out of twenty dollars. Yeah. For this fucking asshole. Like this is the problem with the world. People keep giving oh, breaks yeah. to these smarmy cocksuckers. God. <laughs> He's going to be in space. That's oh, how much that's of a true. break. That's true. He's going to be in space. Uh, but he doesn't know that she's a contracted instructor at the Top Gun program. Or a rocket scientist. Yeah, whatever. Or something. She knows something, but she doesn't. She thinks she does, but... Mav has the actual experience flipping off the MIG. And so he's got a corrector in class. Be like, actually. They do a 4G inverted dive while some asshole's flipping them off. Yeah. Really? Yup, it was me. <laughs> yeah. And Ice gives a <coughs> bullshit. <laughs> Apparently improvised, as is many of the uh, Val Kilmer. I love business in this this. because he straight up didn't want to do the movie. I can imagine. And he is contractually obligated to do the movie and therefore did a lot of just fine. I'm doing it, but I'm just going to do what I want. And Tony Scott's like, okay, I'm really just worried about like taking pretty pictures here. So just do your thing, man. Yeah. It's like, you found the perfect director. I don't care what I shoot. Yes. <laughs> and you look great. So let's do it. We'll do some Charles Abaddon <laughs> shit. Hold this cucumber. <laughs> but I like him in this movie. Like, every time he was on screen, I was I was like, all right. It's interesting. I had found out recently that he would uh, troll for babes at, the, at Boise State University. That sounds right. In the early 2000s. <laughs> Yeah. You just hang out in the mall area and like have poetry books, like just the lowest form of babe trolling. Oh. And he had to be like in his 40s at that point. I was like, really? Yeah. How about I... that? And it was when I was there, I was like, I didn't see him doing that. That's too bad. That also, too you're bad. gross. I heard that, you know, I heard he was at Goodies once at the ice cream store in the North End uh, here in Boise. And I, uh, so I, I, you know, I drove around the, I drove around the North End once in a while when we were just out driving, going, kill me, kill me, kill me, kill me. Like trying, just trying to get him to come out. I don't know where he lived. He had a house here somewhere, I heard. I, I he's in know. the foothills. I think he's down yeah. the street from Cindy Crawford and then way away from Costner because Costner like bought the side of a whole hill. Oh, really? I actually did the, oh, I didn't even, yeah, I did this. the foundation for his gate. Oh. Kevin Costner's gate has a foundation. Wow. How deep? And it's like two miles of driving after the gate to get to his house. Ah. 
That's a good. So setup. I didn't get to meet Kevin Costner or even oh. see where he lives because the gate was that far away. Wow. That's a pretty. That's a pretty close brush with fame there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then we get to the flight exercises. And uh, the first one, Mav Maverick seems to have won, but he didn't follow the rules because he's a loose cannon. And they do he's the dangerous. Fucking, yeah, he's dangerous. He 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 goes below the the you know flight threshold, oh, whatever the the hard altitude. Top. Yeah, and uh, and then they do a flyby of the tower. They buzz the tower, just pissing off everybody. Left and right. Apparently, if you do that, your ass is kicked out of the Navy. Nobody's ever done that at Top Gun. Ever. Yeah, especially after this. They were like, listen, this fucking bullshit doesn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> and if you think you're Maverick or whatever, get the fuck out yeah. of here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so you saw Top Gun and you want to join the Navy. We're going to take you. But guess what you do? Fuel torpedoes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're peeling potatoes most of the time that's your <laughs> job buddy fucking mad. these potatoes don't peel them fucking selves <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh man and then McGillis asks him out with a note in another class mm-hmm. and uh oh we, we get the the guy with the coffee the coffee God. guy at the tower. God damn oh, asshole. Yeah. He's in Tom Skerritt's office and he's like, I want butts. I want butts. butts. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it's the same guy. It's always the same guy when he buzzes the tower, spilling his coffee on himself. The guy's on the Enterprise later during the super important mission. Yeah. Getting coffee. At which point I'm like, oh boy. Is there anybody going to fly by the tower? No. All right. <laughs> when there's somebody about to fly by this tower, you go get me some coffee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give it here. Right at the exact time. I want it hot. I want it piping hot. I'm talking about McDonald's crotch burn hot. <laughs> I'm going to sue you after this happens. That's how hot I want it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah, that's where. So then they bring in Maverick and Goose and scare it balls them out for doing their bullshit for being stupid dickheads yeah and goose i feel like goose is like he's gonna have enough of maverick eventually you know well eventually he does (laughs) we'll get to that later (laughs) yeah he sure does (laughs) (laughs) oh man um and then he and uh, so he thinks he's kind of asking Kelly McGillis out, but she's like kind of blowing him off, but being all flirty. And then she slides him a note that says, you know, my house, whatever, 530. And uh, and then Slider says, crash and burn, Mav. And uh, Tom Cruise leans into him and sniffs him and says, Slider, you stink. And then walks away. Is it a brilliant insult? Is Top Gun actually just the third grade? Kind of. Because these guys are all acting as if they're in third grade. Yeah. 
I mean, what did you do in third grade? That's when I learned to find fly like $15 million pieces of equipment. I think in third grade, I was being a dickhead to my friends because I had seen this movie. Yeah. You were like, you stink. <laughs> and I and tried to sing, you lost that loving feeling to Penelope Smith and she kicked me in the balls. <laughs> See, it's not a good move. <laughs> I knew from experience, dude. <laughs> But it cuts straight from slider you stink to volleyball time. Yep. That is some beefcake volleyball, volleyball scene. I mean, that's all it is. I want to make fun of them for playing volleyball, but I enjoy the sport so they can have it. Volleyball's fun. It's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. There's nothing no. wrong with volleyball. No, it's fine. Uh, there is something wrong with playing it in your jeans. That's a dumb that thing to do. That seems weird. Yeah. Not going to do a lot of really super athletic things in denim. Yeah. Yeah. They weren't even those stretchy ones back then. This flex fit that they have nowadays. Are you implying that in his action movies, Tom Cruise wears mom pants? <laughs> back then, I think that's all that anybody wore. Was mom pants. Except D. Snyder with his guest jeans. Guess what? Guess what? <laughs> oh, man. I mean, wouldn't guest jeans be mom jeans now? They are now, yes. Yeah, yeah. I think D. still wears them. Why wouldn't he? Yeah. Well, D. can wear whatever still, he wants. If they, unless they quit making them, and then he's going to be pissed off on his radio show. Sweet. I want to hear that it, rant. I like listening to D. Snyder get pissed off about shit, so that sounds like a good thing. Yeah, he's not going to take it. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> not to call back to Iron Eagle again, but he's not going to take it. But we're not going to take it, no. <laughs> um, anyway, he has to leave the volleyball game after some hot action there because uh, he's late for his date at Kelly McGillis's house. Into not a restaurant, not a bar, not somewhere neutral, mm. right to her house. Yeah. Come on, lady. And he goes in and says, I'm just going to take a shower real quick. If She's like, mind. no, you're not. <laughs> yeah. It's super weird. <laughs> Imagine someone <laughs> showed up in your house. That you barely know it all. They're like, I'm going to shower first. Like, he doesn't say, could I use your shower? Like, he doesn't even come at it, like, asking her. He's just like, I'm going to shower first while you're finishing up. She's like, dinner's already ready. You can't go in my bathroom other than to number one or number two. And if you're number two on a date, you're not doing a good job. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Also, if you shower, all you're really going to do is take that last remnant of deodorant off. And then in 20 minutes after that shower, when you get the nervous sweats, you are going to smell like B.O. No, sir. Just eat your dinner. <laughs> I mean, and he's obviously not taking this seriously because he's he he played volleyball to the last possible second and then was late. Yeah. Like he would have, you know, if he gave a shit, he would have gone and showered and been ready. And they're on a he's base. So everything's two minutes from everything. Right. So, like, time really shouldn't have gotten away from him. Yeah. Being late's kind of, uh, there's no excuse. No excuse. 
which led to me writing, are we supposed to like these people? Oh. Because I didn't. Yeah. I actually have like 10 times written down hard on the movie, and these guys are dickheads. Yeah. (laughs) They really are. And then Meg Ryan and Goose's kids show up. And that's, mm-hmm. and you know, they seem nice. Um, but also. Oh, it goes back to the third grade, though, because there's like they don't do it. But eventually it's like he's trying to bang the teacher. Yeah. Yep. Huh. And she calls him out in class. McGillis calls out Maverick's recklessness in class and it pisses him off. And then she follows him when he, he rushes off. He's all indignant. And she chases him down in the, on his motorcycle in her car. And gets out and tells him that she had to do that because she didn't want anyone to know that she's falling for him. They like each other and stuff and silhouette. Oh, my God. I heard they didn't get along on the movie, but I'm watching these love scenes, which were shot afterwards. I guess they had uh, done a test audience and they're like, there's no fucking in this movie. What's how can you make a movie about hard ons without fucking? Yeah. Like, oh, we are wrong about that. Sorry. It's sort of a thing that you're not supposed to use your tongue in movie kisses. They are licking each other and eating each other's faces. Maybe they hated each other because they wanted to screw or they hated each other because they screwed. But these people are very intimate in their love scenes beyond what you usually see. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's pretty sizzling. Kind of, except I'm not, I'm not like super attracted to Kelly McGillis and we've already established where I feel about Tom Cruise. So I'm like, wow, this is like real people that are gross screwing. I don't want to watch it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. But I do remember being, you know, uh, eight years old and thinking, well, this is, this is pretty saucy for a PG. (laughs) Sam is a maverick. I have a Maverick cup that I'm drinking out of right now that's inadvertent. I did not mean this to happen, but it's a gas station Maverick cup, not Top Gun Maverick. That's too so, bad. Yeah. That is too bad. Well, why would I have a Top Gun cup when I hate this movie so bad? Well, you know, things fall into your possession sometimes. Yeah, if I would have just stumbled across a 32-ounce cooler cup that said Top Gun and had jets on it, I'd be like, I'm keeping that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, there's another training where they lose because he leaves his wingman because he's chasing down Viper. And at at which point Iceman comes up to him afterwards because there's like 10 naked guy with only towels scenes in this movie. Everybody is so fucking sweaty. It is ridiculous. Yeah. Must have been hot there. Uh, And Iceman comes up to Maverick and he's like. The enemy is dangerous, but you're dangerous, sir. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, exactly. Iceman is correct again. He is correct again. I agree with that sweaty shirtless man. Not that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then they go. They're at that restaurant. Uh, okay. Where yeah. This is this is a key moment in the film for me. Goose is playing. Nothing to do with the- <laughs> no. Goose is playing Great Balls of Fire on the piano in the restaurant, and his kid's sitting on the piano. 
and Meg Ryan, Kelly McGillis, and Maverick are all at a um at a table talking about them. And then Maverick's like, I, I'm gonna go have some fun with him or whatever. He goes over and then he starts singing. And I was just like, if I was at this restaurant, I would be so fucking <laughs> pissed off. That's what I wrote down. I was like, people are trying to eat. Yeah. So rude. Not only are you kicked out of the Navy, you're kicked out of Earth. Perhaps this is the this is the rub that's happening with the space movie. Is they're like Tom, you're going to be the first one to do a movie in space, but they shoot him into space and they fucking leave him there. <laughs> it's like uh, awesome, yeah, I'm spaceman, yay! And they're like, wait, oh, it's like, yeah, okay, we got rid of him. Thanks, Elon. <laughs> also, would you like to get into one of your spaceships? Why are you the last hope for mankind, you coked out weirdo? God, for real. <laughs> That's fucking scary. That is scary. You want a horror movie? Make a documentary about that guy. <laughs> Our last hope, a coked out wacko. Yeah. Oh. Hop 31. Hop 31. <laughs> So thirty first training exercise apparently, hop thirty one. Uh, okay, danger zone again. <laughs> <laughs> and this is where Goose dies. Yep. Now They're what am like, I supposed to care about? <laughs> what am I supposed to care about? Also, there's like this whole tribunal. They're like, oh, we've determined yeah. this wasn't your fault. It was a series of technical malfunctions. It's like, he had the nose of his jet up the other jet's ass. It's his fault. Yeah. He killed his buddy. And there's like 10 times where he's like, don't worry. I'm not going to screw up anymore. I'm going to save your career. Everything's right. going to be fine. We're going to, I'm going to stop being an asshole. I'm going to stop it. And then he fucking does it and he kills his best friend. Yep. And then there's the part where, because of all that, he loses his edge, and he he just for like can't what two anymore. and a half minutes, something like that. He quits, yeah. sort of, but not really. Like thinks about quitting, and everybody's yeah. like, "Oh, where'd he go?" And then Tom Skerritt's like, "You know, you can still graduate," and blah blah blah, and gives him a pep talk about his dad and all that shit. Also, his dad's name in the movie is Duke Mitchell. Duke. Mitchell. Duke Mitchell. So I think that Jerry and uh, Don had been to a few Palm Springs brunches. Mm. You know what I'm talking about, right, Duke Mitchell? No. I'm lost. What do you got? Massacre Mafia style? No. Okay, you need to check out Duke Mitchell. Okay, Duke Mitchell. Yeah. Not right this second, but you need to check out Duke Mitchell. He only did two movies and there are... He's a crazy asshole. Oh, cool. Sounds good. Um, so he goes to graduation, and immediately upon graduation, they're, like, called into an active situation mm-hmm. with the some MiGs. So World War Three starting, essentially, is what, yes. what's happening. And so they go straight from graduation out back to the aircraft carrier. And they go straight up and it's the big climactic uh, 
flight battle. The reason that we all paid for the tickets to this movie. Yeah. This other shit has just been meandering prelude to jets. Yep. And they do it. They jet around and they shoot and shit. And Maverick doesn't leave his wingman and everything. He does for a little bit, but then Tim Robbins is like, I'm serious. I'm not being funny. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah, not yeah. the funny guy, Tim Robbins. You need to go back to that, but it doesn't work because he's like screaming. You're like, Tim Robbins, you're so funny, even when you're not trying to be. <laughs> I love you so much. Thank you for your uh, career. He's all, come on, also, man. Also, you got to marry Susan Sarandon in her prime, and that makes me also super jealous. Yeah. Like, she was really hot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Mav saves yeah, the day and he saves, he starts world war three is what he does. Right. And James Tolkien just eat his ass on the aircraft carrier. They're all lifting him up and shit and love him. Even Iceman's all like, they, you can be my, you're still dangerous, but you can be my wingman anytime. Yeah. And that's, I think like the, the thing that this movie says blatantly that it shouldn't is that it's okay. We'll win a war because we're loose cannons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, so there's like it's, normal times. You got Scarrett talking to Ironside and he's like, I know he's dangerous, but would you want him on your side? And Ironside's like, I don't know yet. I just don't know yet. But he is yeah. just crazy enough to work. Yeah, it's like these movies, and this is an American problem, I'm sure, but uh, that we have this like um, patriotism where we're like, this is the best system, we have the best everything, we're the best, we're number one, and yet it's like, what makes you number one? Well, we have a bunch of people that don't follow our rules. It's like That's America. So, so we have a shitty system with some kick-ass vigilantes just every now and then yep <laughs> save our asses that's our whole Benedict thing Benedict Arnold said that he's like yeah. <laughs> we can't really if they really get unruly yeah. there's nothing we can do all of them have guns and they're all a little bit nuts yeah and uh that's America it is so yeah I guess this is a. Uh, the perfect portrait of America. <laughs> <laughs> At the point when it has its like most throbbing heart on for a war that really shouldn't happen. Yeah. Like, mm, I don't really want the world to like, like Russia and the U S both got to a point where they could actually just like kill all humanity. Like, wow. Yeah. Let's not do jet hard on the movie. How about yeah, that? Let's bring nope. that on. 30 years later, Jet Hart on the movie, too. Yeah, we're back. We're back. And Putin's like, yep, we're back, too. And I'm like, fuck me. Twice wonder, in my life? Really? Wonder Talking if we and covering again? <laughs> if Maverick, Top Gun Maverick takes place like in a, uh, a alternate future, like an alternate present to now, like because... Uh, Obviously, World War Three happened, right? Yeah. So what's what's it going to be like? 
I'm curious. I'm curious to see what this movie is. Well, that leads us to our first question. Is is Pete Mitchell John Connor's commanding officer? Oh. (laughs) That is a distinct possibility. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That would be great. If fuck, if they did that, if they were like, well, this doesn't take place in our reality anymore, so we have to like, and they dipped it into a different real future, alternate uh-huh. future reality, that would be a really good idea. And it would be a way for Tom Cruise to like get his fingers into the Terminator thing because he's probably yeah. really jealous about that film franchise and why he's not the Terminator or whatever. Yeah, how so come it I'm not rounds the, Terminator? the bases. Yeah, why am I not the Terminator? I could be the Terminator. <laughs> It could be anybody. Did you watch Oblivion? Yes. I was like really into the idea of that movie. The execution wasn't great. But then like when it got to the point where the earth was conquered by an army of Tom Cruise's, I started laughing out loud in the theater. (laughs) And I I don't believe I was supposed to have done that. (laughs) I don't even remember that. Uh, (laughs) uh. (laughs) Tom Cruise. My only last question is Kelly, Kelly McGinnis hot or Kelly McGillis. Is she hot? She's attractive. Sure. She's fine. She's fine. It's just a weird thing where you look at who they went through before they got to her. And you're like, you went through all these actresses with names. Then you decided you wanted a no name actress relative unknown. And then you settled on somebody who's like a foot taller than your lead. Yeah. What sort of decisions were you making? And the answer is cocaine. Yep. I think that's the answer. That is the answer. But she's fine. She's. I, uh, I mean, I yeah. would not you know, kick her out of bed for eating crackers, as it were. No. She can eat crackers in here. Why not? But care. And she's totally fine. It's just like, I just thought it was an odd cast. She's definitely visually older than he is. Which I guess yeah. works with the teacher-student thing, because that's creepy and gross. Right. Is it sexual yeah, yeah. assault if she has sex with him? Like, is she in a position of power? Well, I mean, I I would say, well, I don't know. Because she's actually, like, not in the chain of command because she's a contractor, right? So but I don't know if she has about... any real authority over him at all. I think she's but just there as just... a consultant, right? In the Navy, yeah, that's not, like, part of the chain of command, but just in normal life... Is it is what she did wrong? Huh. She is in a position of authority. And he is obviously right. a stupid dickhead that doesn't know any better. Yeah. Did she rape him? <laughs> um I don't think so. Um, oh. It's that whole like, whoa, men will have sex with anything, so it's okay. No, I think I think they're both <laughs> uh they're both consenting adults, and he was pretty hardcore. Uh, pretty hardcore coming on to her even before they knew the dynamic. So, okay. I mean, but I'm you know, I think people meet each other in a lot of different ways. <laughs> you know, there's some people that have uh, um, not you know, non-traditional relationships that, you know, I'm not going to judge them. You know, some people it's like they first got together and you're like, 
oh god what a weird age difference or something like that and then like you know 30 years later they're still together okay guess this yeah what do i know what the fuck do i know what do i know yeah what do i know so you know i i don't know it doesn't seem too uh salty to me okay well then she did make him dinner first no (laughs) not really but it's just sort of like it raises that question like wait sure I mean, by today's standards, it's probably not a good idea for them to be engaging in any sort of uh, shenanigans like that. Well, apparently now it's like, oh, she works at the coffee shop down the street. That's like only a block away. Inappropriate workplace behavior. Mm. Really, HR? Like, I guess. I don't know. I'm just trying to keep my job here. Right. <laughs> that's that's what everybody's like. I don't know. I'm just trying to keep my job here. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah <laughs> really it could all be six with a couple signs that were kind of big that red letters that said no screwing <laughs> you got those uh you post those like a poster in the break room uh-huh it, like breaks down all the different things that you shouldn't be doing <laughs> every really time graphic. it says screwing, it says screwing 30 times in a list. What should yeah. you be doing? Screwing. Screwing, screwing, screwing. <laughs> Touching butts. Don't touch butts. Touching butts. <laughs> Wholly inappropriate. Could lead to screwing. <laughs> Don't touch butts with hands or other butts. Oh. Unless it's a conga line, I guess. Those no work conga lines. They get too close wild. To butt, too close to butt touching. Uh, uh, well, that should lead us to our final recommendations. Uh, as it is my pick, you can go first. Um, hmm, that's interesting. Uh, I guess I recommend it because I recommend pretty much everything, but it's pretty stupid. It's... <laughs> <laughs> if it If it seems like something that would entertain you, I recommend it. But it's pretty, uh, it's pretty bad. And it's pretty bad. It's definitely kind of interesting as an artifact of its time, just because it was such a, a big thing at the time. It really marked kind of um, where people's stupid fucking heads were in the summer of 1986, I guess. Uh-huh. So, and yeah. it's a piece of history, but. But have you not? I mean, that's the other thing about giving it a recommend. I'll kind of bleed into mine. Like, have you not seen Top Gun? Right. Yeah. Have you not seen Top Gun? Yeah, if you've if seen you haven't it, you seen don't Top Gun, to I guess. Actually, if you have never seen Top Gun and you're still listening to this, oh. maybe you shouldn't. Yeah, maybe not. Just maybe have not. This. We told you everything that happened. We told you what you need to know about Top Gun. Yeah. If you've missed it this long. Keep on keeping on. Yeah. If you haven't seen it in 20 years, you might be due for a revisit. I'm thinking the only way that I would recommend this is to watch it in conjunction with Iron Eagle only for the purposes of this podcast, which is a clear do not. Hmm. All right. I agree. I agree. I'm with you. Okay. Two don'ts on Top Gun unless you really, really want to for whatever reason. (laughs) But do get the soundtrack. Uh, I, I'm end. not behind you on that one. 
Have you ever seen Kenny Loggins' ears? Hmm. That's they're that's, upside uh, down. Do a little do a little Google search after the podcast here. Kenny Loggins' his lobes ears. Are and you'll be like, up? his lobes are bigger than the top. It's really strange. Oh. And you're like, that guy's ears are upside down. Weird. It's All right, I'll weird. check them out. I've never noticed. Yeah, you got to check out Kenny Loggins' ears. Oh man, my favorite. Um, you ever watch The Office? Yeah. One of my favorite jokes ever was on The Office when they go to work in Florida for a while and Stanley shows up with a convertible he's rented and Jim's going to ride with him. And so Jim gets in and he says, put on some Kenny Loggins and put on some Kenny Loggins and buckle up. And Jim (laughs) says, all right, Loggins and Messina. And he goes, did I say Messina? And he peels out. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking nope, a. just the shitty stuff. <laughs> Did I say Messina? <laughs> uh, anyway. All right, that's our show for the week. Uh, Tucker, I believe you get a couple weeks off. Uh, Jackie may be back next week. Justin will be back oh, next week. Cool. And we'll probably have to announce the movie on the Facebook and the Twitter and the website. Uh, For Tucker, I am Sam. This has been Stinker Madness, and get to the chopper. Chopper.